0: There's always gonna be my particular way to see a place uh, and I need to cherish that instead of fighting it. uh, My gaze is important, I guess, um, for my work. So I'm just gonna keep feeding it and nurturing it so my vision doesn't get tired and all The thing that I would hate the most is to create work that is always the same, essentially. Repeating myself just because oh, there was that series that years ago was successful let's keep doing that like that that's the thing that i'm trying to fight as much as possible
1: what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the podcast hope you're all doing well got an interview lined up today that i'm excited about i'm talking with kiara zonka who is a photographer mainly focused on the landscape, although some of her kind of more recent work is also exploring some different realms as well. But she's someone whose images have always really kind of fascinated me and intrigued me. I find that her photos have this almost kind of dreamlike surreal quality to them, but not in this overdone way, just something that kind of showcases this deep connection with the landscape. And in this episode, we talk about Kiara's kind of journey, her creative process. But one of the things that interested me the most was just learning about her discovery with this type of work and this connection to the outdoors, especially as she was someone who at one point spent a lot of her time in the city and it was just this one moment where she kind of had this realization that really shifted things and sent her down this path that she's on now. So really fascinating chat. Like I said, we talk about all things creative process. Uh, We also talk about, you know, just some of the struggles, especially over the last year uh, that we've all kind of faced, you know, just being limited in what we can do and having to make some changes and stuff like that. So I'm sure a lot of you know who Kiara is. If you don't, I definitely recommend recommend just taking a moment go check out some of her work on her website or on instagram before you dive into this and other than that i'm going to stop talking let's just get into the interview and i'll catch you at the end you know obviously when i reached out to you to set this up uh that's when i that's when i realized you're in vancouver Mm -hmm. um and then when i started doing research I realized yeah. that you were living in London before this.
0: Yes, yes. I move around a lot. Um, I, <laughs> I'm i from Milan originally, so from Italy. And then um, I moved to London, I think probably must have been 10 years ago from now. Um, time passes so quickly. <laughs> and um, when I moved to London, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was a photographer. I was like a motion graphic designer um, and a video editor as well. Um, but I studied photography back in Italy, so ages ago. Um, so when I was in London, I didn't really do much photography at all uh, until a certain point, where I kind of like felt super frustrated, I guess, with my life, how where it was going, etc. Uh, London, I don't know if you've ever lived there, but it's it's pretty intimidating city to live in. I mm. think um, it's very. I'm about
1: half an hour from there right now.
0: Oh, sweet. <laughs> so for me, like I moved there when I was like in my twenties, and I was like super excited about everything. I wanted, I wanted that kind of um, life where it's all about culture and places where to go out, and um, that got old pretty quickly after that with a full-time job and everything. Like I felt, I felt like I was stead- stepping into this kind of rotating. I don't know how to call it, but it was like very, very difficult to keep living that life for me like there was literally mm. no control in nature Like you couldn't go in nature anywhere for starters like obviously I had parks and stuff but it wasn't enough for yeah. me and um yeah i didn't care that much anymore about going out and being with friends and like i felt like i really needed to reset kind of my life uh lifestyle um and then that that's where it started to feel like i needed to travel a bit more perhaps because uh, the first few years I was in London, I never traveled, which was quite funny for me.
1: Yeah, right? it's e- easy to just kind of get get stuck there, I guess. Eh? Right? Kind of yeah. like a big bubble in a way.
0: You can kind of like you get a lot of money when you're in London, but then you spend it on really mm-hmm. stupid things like restaurants and, and clothes. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was a bit pointless in the end for me, for how I was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. I,
1: no, I, I I can get that for sure. Yeah, I uh I actually grew up uh, kind of in like um well outside of the city, just yeah. north of Toronto. Oh uh, sweet,
0: yeah. And
1: spent like the yeah spent like the last ten years there. So it's been yeah. funny because like I always enjoy the city when I go there, you know. And there's a lot of things that I yeah. miss when I'm not there, you know, culture and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I got to a point too where it's like um you know, living there or spending extended periods of time there just started to wear on me and almost feel like claustrophobic in a way.
0: Yeah. I Uh noticed that I was uh, working in a very nice office uh, in Soho. and But the thing is, Soho is really nice and vibrant and it's the coolest area in London London for me. Uh, But this office had literally the, the front view from the window where I was working that had like a building that must have been like four meters Maybe not four, come on, maybe seven. But the thing is, it was literally (laughs) just a wall, a brick wall. No other view, no depth or distance, nothing. Uh, I could just look up and see some clouds, but that was about it. So at some point, I just kind of had a breakdown. I was like, okay, that's it. (laughs) I need to first become a freelancer because I need to be able to live whenever I want and not have like a nine-to-five job. Um, And secondly, I need to get out more and be more in nature because even if it was like I was a very city person before, so I was like very uh, not used to camp, for example, or like I was very much into big luxury hotels. It's ridiculous how different I was, but <laughs> <laughs> so I was like completely different. And so I don't in a whim I booked this trip to the U.S., where I used to travel a lot when I was a teenager, but then years and years just changed that in a way. So I was like, okay, I need to do a road trip. I need to be in the U.S. and I need to camp, like with a like a proper setup where you have like rooftop tent, go around four by four.
1: Yeah, yeah. And my
0: boyfriend was like, are you crazy? Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, you're gonna hate it. You're gonna absolutely hate it. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like trying something different. Hmm. So we kind of rolled with the punches in a way, and we went to this trip without expecting much, thinking it's gonna be a disaster. Um, and, uh, and instead it kind of changed my life in a way because it transformed into this uh, illuminating moment I don't know how to call it another way where um, I found myself into this wild open spaces alone kind of uh, where you don't see almost of a house or anything uh, for miles and miles and that awoke something in me I was like I, I really want to be here for long I really want to Uh, be able to visit those places and make that my life in a way.
1: That's so fascinating. I mean, what a complete 180. Like hearing you t- like tell me that and then <laughs> you know obviously you know we've never talked before so you know I have this yeah. kind of vision of you f- through your work right with this like connection that you have yeah. with nature and these wide open spaces yeah um, yeah, yeah so I, I definitely I definitely want to expand on that but I just want to take uh, rewind for a second because one thing that was really interesting <laughs> when I was doing some research is learning that you actually went to university for photography and then yes. Pretty much, that made you stop photography, and then you went into this kind of yes. career as a video editor. So, like, what? Yeah. Where Where did that? Like, I would love to learn more about that and kind of what, how how that was different, and kind of how you got to the point you are now. You know, like you almost have like these two mm. two different uh, lives as a photographer.
0: Yeah. Well, the school was great. It was very comprehensive. It was three years of pretty much everything, uh, including. Uh, fine art, we would, like, study each separate discipline in photography, I guess. Fine art, uh, documentary, fashion, food. Just because I think the the process was to teach the students to uh, see every side of photography, in a way, and see what sure. sticks to them, like, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, including, like, dark room, like, developing and printing and stuff. So, that was really cool. Um, unfortunately, it was uh, also very competitive uh situation where all the students were kind of like trying to get attention or trying to get gigs try to get assistant jobs and um I think with me nothing really stick at the time like I was I was crap at fashion like I was really bad <laughs> at shooting fashion because uh I was too shy to talk to models so I was like oh my god what am I gonna do like I'm not gonna tell them what I want them to be like so that was out of the equation documentary the felt too real Fine artists and, like, they were discussing too much concepts where I was like, I want to shoot what I want to shoot. I don't want to think about big, gigantic concepts before I even start pressing the shadows. So I felt, I felt very different from everything else that was taught. And I felt like, at the end of the day, ultimately, the objective there was to transform us into... Uh, professional photographers, commercial photographers, or people, anyway, making money primarily for photography, and I had a problem with that. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I don't know if I'm good enough. Uh, I need some more time to figure that out. Hmm. Um, At the same time, in that class, there was also a video editing class where we would have to work on a concept and shoot a short film, basically, and edit it ourselves, And I was extremely good at that. Like, uh, I nailed it. Like, I completely nailed it. So um, I thought at the moment, maybe this is what I need to be doing. And that's where the career that kind of went from there. Um, So then I just kind of reached up back to photography, coming back to that trip that I I told you about in the U.S., just before leaving for that trip. Um, I remember my dad gave me, during my photography class, a Hasselblad camera, a very... Mm -hmm. Old from '68, uh, um, medium format, and uh, I barely used it during the whole photography class. And then there I am, years later, before this big trip to the U.S., and I was like, I want to bring my Hasselblad camera out of nowhere. I don't know why I thought of that, but I kind of thought that the view of the United States uh, with a medium format camera would have been like a sure. good experiment to, yeah, to yeah. have. Um, so the camera obviously didn't work anymore because nobody shot it for like years and years. So the poor, poor camera was like, it needed a lot of repairs. So I, I did bring it to get repaired and I brought it with me. And, uh, that's what started everything. Like during that trip, I started taking photos again and I found my passion for it. Um, and this time it wasn't linked to becoming a commercial photographer. There was no pressure. You see, like there was no need to be like, oh, I need to sell my prints or do something necessarily with it. It's just for fun. And that, that was what gave me basically a reason to live. <laughs> I know it seems very dramatic, but um, I was very, very depressed when I was in London at some point because I literally wanted out of that lifestyle. Um, so having that way to reconnect with myself and being able to say, okay, this week you're at work, you're not having a lot of fun but next week you're going to Iceland and you, you're going to get to shoot. That was literally I was leaving for each next trip yeah. and that um, that's what started it back for me like my passion for photography started again from there.
1: And it's amazing to hear that. I actually wanted to get into this later, but just hearing you talk about that. Yeah. One of the things that I'm always um, trying to just be like conscious of and remind myself of and also talk about a lot is that like, you know, it's mm-hmm. so easy at times for people to get wrapped up in like the images themselves or like, you know. Um, yeah. um. To con- I don't know, awards and contests and achievements and all these kind of things. Which, you know, there's there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with those things, but you know, then you hear stories about, you know, just the act of photography being this kind of like vehicle that, you know, brings so much more to your life. Like, you know, you talking about how it kind of yeah. completely shifted things for you. So it's yeah. amazing that it can be kind of so much more than just like the craft itself, right? It can change a lot.
0: Totally. Yeah, yeah yeah photographys like can be also very uh, like helping things like mental health uh issues and anything like that I think it's it's a wonderful tool actually for that and uh uh it's always a challenge for artists to not get distracted too much about you know like you said the awards and uh getting jobs because that that's for me especially in fine art is a huge distraction like that mm-hmm. that is the mm-hmm. challenge i feel
1: Yeah, I agree with you because it's funny, like, you know, I think people forget at times like photography can be a thing that you like if you enjoy it, you can just do it for fun. Like it can just be something like you really enjoy and you don't necessarily have to take it any where exactly. beyond that whatsoever. But I think it's easy to get kind of sucked into this, you know, social media or trying to, you know, build a business around it. None oh my of them, Yeah, there's nothing wrong with those things specifically, but they aren't necessities for everyone, right?
0: No, no, exactly. And uh, especially social media, I find it's so bad for trying to actually help yourself find a voice in photography. I think it's almost mm-hmm. detrimental at this point. Um, I mm-hmm. I had a lot of struggles with social media because when you start going well, you, you get trapped into this concept. Uh, it's almost like a tunnel vision where you have to create the same type of work. And I'm sure a lot of other photographers told you the same. Um, and I find a way to solve this is literally treat Instagram like it's like... A portfolio website. It's exactly the same thing. When you, mm-hmm. you post on your portfolio, you don't worry too much if, how many clicks you're going to get on that picture or many likes yeah. or many pe- people are going to like it. You're just showcasing what you think is your best work. And I think that's the healthiest approach to Instagram.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I know for me, um, in my career, mm-hmm. the point where I stopped caring about what anyone thought was the point where like it's it's funny there's almost like they shift and that's when you actually end up creating your most like your best work which then like uh funny enough seems to draw the most attention from people not all the time but sometimes right it's like we get in our own way at at times when you finally kind of step aside and just focus on what you like most i think that is when you really kind of start creating your own unique work
0: Totally. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And also other distraction, not just social media, but also it's really bad when you start seeing, oh, who gets assigned for what or what? Like, you know what I mean? There's this concept of always Mm -hmm. being hustling and um, I I still struggle with that, I must admit. Like um, sometimes I need to remind myself that the passion is what drives me first and foremost. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that's very important, especially for for newer artists and people that are just emerging. Um, It's really important to find your voice work on yourself um before anything else before you let distractions slowly creep in
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny i end up talking about this a lot pretty much in every interview i do
0: yeah and
1: you know like at times i'm at times i'm like i hope i'm not repeating things too much but then at the same time i'm like i think it's important to get every you know photographers Mm -hmm. just to learn about how everyone deals with this right and it's good to kind of talk about that that kind of stuff i think totally uh but for you, so what I'm curious about, um, mm-hmm. okay, so you're in the, the video editing realm, you yep. find this kind of spark with your photography again, you have this kind of huge discovery. So mm-hmm. at that point, have you already left your your kind of video editing world and started um, photography or, or how did that kind of play out?
0: It kind of transitioned very organically. Like I started, for starters, I became a freelancer, so I started planning my Uh, work a bit easier like about trips so I I was able to say like I said before um, I'll go to Iceland next month or maybe I'll go to Mallorca the the, the month after so it was like a bit more easy for me to block physically block time for travel but at the time photography was still very travel-based for me so it was sort of like I like to be enjoying trips various trips around the world and I'm gonna take my camera with it see what happens sort of thing I wasn't really Hmm. Worried too much about having a voice or anything like that um and I think it's good actually when you're at the stage to not put too much pressure on yourself and just enjoy things as as they are um, so then slowly, I started actually caring <laughs> about what I was doing and um and uh, it started the process that I call the process of frustration, where it's basically a cycle I just get excited, produce something, and then get. Really frustrated with it for a reason or the other, and that gives me the spark to think of something else, and then get excited again. And so mm-hmm. this this has been pretty much my my way to work from then on. Like um, I always go through this process of frustration where I look at my work and I think, no, it makes me angry. I don't I don't want to see it anymore. I don't like it. Um, and I don't know if it's normal, but that's just how I roll, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think we can all relate a little bit. I mean, yeah. I certainly can can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like, I know that there's been work that I've made that I get really excited about. And then even, yeah. I, you know what's funny now is I find myself now, the work I've created for the past few years, obviously I've moved over to the UK, that stuff is kind of, for now, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm moving on, I'm going to create some work over here, but yeah. I've found myself looking at it differently because it's yeah. you know starting to age some yeah, some yeah, of that yeah. in a good way and also some of it in a, in a bad way because obviously i you know i'm growing as an artist and i'm exactly switching how i do things so it's an interesting yeah. dynamic to try and to figure yeah. out
0: yeah so then you start getting a bit more attention on your work um, and uh, and then you start asking yourself questions that you were asking yourself before like should i create more uh-huh. work that is getting attention and um so then, gradually, I guess I started having photography as a side business a little bit. Um, I was happy to sell my work uh, as print. Um, there was like a kind of growing demand for it. Uh, and eventually, I was able to create a first book, which I'm still very excited about because it's been such a long project of mine. Um, so, and yeah, so I guess just before COVID, I was able to say I was finally a full time photographer and then COVID happened, and obviously now it's all a bit up in the air, isn't it? But um, yeah, so it's um, in response to your very long response to your question, uh, it's been very organically <laughs> moved from motion graphics to photography. Well, now I barely do motion graphics, um, and I'm more like a full-time photographer.
1: Hmm. So with your current work then, like how long have you been doing this current work for? Like how many years would you say?
0: You mean project or photography like uh, just in general
1: um like your your second life of photography, like when you started down this kind of new path
0: uh four years so roughly four years ago
1: and and what I'm curious about because when I look at your work, it has mm-hmm. such like a distinct style mm-hmm. um it has it, it like to hear that you've only only been working at it for four years is surprising Mm -hmm. only because I know for some people it takes a long time to really get to that point where you understand and learn and accept um you know what your vision is or what you enjoy doing the most so you know how long would you say it took for you to start to kind of like discover and embrace this this style that you have that your work has
0: uh funnily enough I I'm the only one that thinks I don't have a style, <laughs> which is really weird because <laughs> course, like, yeah. I don't see that in my work at all. Like, hmm. um, I guess I've been always quite instinctive as a person. Um, hmm. I never, like when, when I shoot, I guess the, the series that, that is the one that got more attention from me and it's the one that started changing things for me is Moon Kingdom. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, in, in that specific series, which I shot in Chile and um, Bolivia, Uh, The landscapes were, of course, stunning. So I Mm. had a little bit of an advantage there, I must admit. Um, But I never, when I was there, I never actually planned much. Like, it was very instinctive. So I was just uh, traveling through these beautiful landscapes and uh, shot what I liked, essentially. This is as as it is. And and trying to, um, I wanted to get into a photograph my feelings that was the objective of the series so I had a plan and that was it but it was very vague I kept it vague on purpose because I, I don't like when when you start shooting something I don't like to lock it down too much like I like to keep it very fluid so my idea was literally trying to get a psychological representation of my thoughts um, onto an image um, and uh, throughout the whole process like I said I never really plan like composition or things like that. I did some location scouting, of course, like going around and see what exactly I wanted to shoot, but it didn't transform into mood boards or now I'm way more technical about these things. But at the time it was super instinctive. And yet people were like, oh, that's your style. And I was like, really? Okay." (laughs) so um, (laughs) I think style is a very hard thing to to define in a way Mm -hmm. um and um, i'm always very wary about it as well as a photographer because i like to think that i have more than one style in a way i don't like to lock myself down to one style specifically and this is also something else like um that is that can be a worry i think that can be a dangerous place for a photographer to kind of be defined only by a certain style you know what i mean
1: (laughs) yeah i'd agree absolutely do you ever worry now you know you're talking mm-hmm. about getting a lot more kind of detailed and specific and planning yeah. do you ever worry a little bit that you're losing some of that like original kind of like uh curiosity and instinctiveness where you were just kind of out there seeing where things oh went?
0: absolutely absolutely that is also a worry uh, my process right now is all over the place and uh the reason why it, it still works is that i think i I allow myself more time, comparing to previous uh, trips and work that I was doing before, where, like I said, it was more travel-based. Um, I had like maybe a week or a month, and that was it. That that was the time I got given to shoot a series. And I think for me, it doesn't work this process because you can either be too calculate, calculative, calculate too much, or <laughs> yeah. uh, too too fluid. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but now, if I allow myself like months and even years for a project, then I find that I find my rhythm between the two in a way. So I can, I can spend days just mood bo- like creating mood boards, storyboarding even to the extreme for a certain project. And then I'm like, I shoot images like that and see them after they're being produced, walk away from them and think, okay, what do, what do this body of work need now? more instinctivity so let's go out in the woods and shoot in the woods like, you know what I mean so with, with yeah, a lot yeah. of time you can go back and forth in this, into these approaches I guess uh if you have like limited amount of time then you gotta you gotta pick your poison in a way I think yeah. uh, and decide what what is the thing that works best for you like in the context yeah. of an assignment where I think you need to to learn what what is the, between these two processes the one that gives you the best imagery in my personal work, I think uh, a combination of both is really needed. Otherwise, you you lose, you miss out on something.
1: Mm-hmm. The one thing I've certainly learned is that the creative process is messy. And like, it, oh, yeah. it's like you almost have this vision when you're younger, first starting out that it's like, oh, yeah, at some point, I'll just get it all figured out. And then I'm going to have this really kind of dialed in process and everything's <laughs> going to be perfect. But I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been doing photography and video and stuff for a long time now and i've finally accepted like this is how it goes right you you get more skilled and you start to understand things a little more but you never are going to have this like super clean process where everything is structured and figured out but
0: no you have to be comfortable with with not knowing mm -hmm. i guess
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree for sure. So I'm also very curious. Then you do this one trip, and you have this. You're talking about never really spending a lot of time in the wilderness like mm-hmm. that before, and all of a sudden you ha- you kind of experience this this um, this kind of connection. Yes, where like where did that go from there to get to the point where it is now? Because I I know you talk about that a lot with your work, and it's obviously very apparent in your work as well. Mm-hmm. So like, how did your connection grow from there?
0: Well, I guess. The spark was, like I said, like it was a very deep emotion that I felt there. Um, To be alone in nature specifically, I think it gives you something. It's like a rush. I don't know how to define it. Uh, And because I don't know how to define it, it became my obsession to kind of define it with my photography. And it still is. Like I still struggle with that, but in a cool way. I I guess it's uh, my mission um, to... To get people to feel that, even if they never felt it, I, I would love for my images to to transport them into that specific feeling. Um, it kind of grew mm. from there because I started seeking that emotion again, uh, like something you like. Um, because when you when you are uh, introduced to a new emotion or a new feeling or something amazing, you want to try it again and again and again, right? So I just kind of. Put myself in those situations where I was in alone in nature, particularly nature that is um, um, rugged, I would say, barren, um, not not hospitable nature. Um, I think it gives you something that is primeval in a way. I'm, I'm standing like a hippie right now, but, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. Uh, so my my mission in photogra- in photography has become to really. Get to the bottom of that feeling, and talk about why as humans are in need for nature. Because I think especially now um, it's become even more apparent to a lot of people, uh, especially after the pandemic, that we need nature for our mental health. Um, before, it seemed like some people realized that, but most people really didn't. While well, now, it seems more common knowledge that we need nature in a very basic way it's it's like food and shelter literally um so i think moving forward i'll be even more interested in exploring this concept i don't think i'm done with it yet even remotely i think i'm just getting started really
1: yeah yeah that's really cool Um, i i know um like for me i spent about 10 years doing traditional landscape photography and i I, a lot of it was in like forests mm -hmm. and lakes and woods and stuff like that in ontario and yeah. one of the things that brought me the most satisfaction was not even the images themselves, but like we were talking about before, just, you know, being out in these situations and these environments at these times of day where you no one else is yeah. around, you wouldn't be out there otherwise. And, you know, you're looking at these yeah. little details and like, you know, you have this kind of uh, view of the landscape that is really unique because you're looking at, yeah, tones and light and details and just all of these things and, and yeah. really experiencing, I think, these landscapes in a way that you wouldn't otherwise
0: yeah and it's very personal that's the thing uh nobody else will have that experience that that exact experience that you had in that moment um and because it's personal i think i'm really striving to record it to 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 make it last forever in a way through my images so that's been the mission and um uh and also like i started recently to be a bit frustrated with the concept of landscape photography on like A lot of people just say I'm a landscape photographer and I kind of got a bit annoyed at that in a way. So I was like, why why are you annoyed? You take pictures of landscapes. So that's kind of like a normal label to give. But at the same time, I realized that I really don't want my work to be defined by my subject matter. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So um, this is why a couple of years ago, I started working on a series that is still ongoing and it's very, very uh, personal for me. Uh, uh it's called Shimu's while earth sleeps and it's um I've, I've released a little bit like a teaser but i'm still working on it um where i started introducing self portraiture into the mix um i waited a long time to do that because i always felt in the past i felt like seeing a person in a landscape is kind of distracting to the landscape itself i had this kind of feeling that you start wondering what the person is thinking about or what the person's story is. You kind of get detracted from the landscape. Um, But now I've, I kind of changed my mind a little bit about it. Like, especially because I'm trying to tell my story. Um, I find it very fitting that I started this self-portraiture series. So. um, we'll see how it goes like it's very very experimental and like like you said before the process for it's been all over the place and very messy and there's days where i think what am i doing why what what like literally what am i doing and there's instead where i think i think i'm doing something great so we'll see what happens
1: that's the best um, though that's what it's all about is it. is embracing the projects that are like
0: yeah that. <laughs> it's it, yeah i know i know
1: it's interesting though to hear you talk of like mention uh, not wanting your work to be considered like landscape photography. And what's really fascinating to me is like when I first was introduced to your work and when I think of your work right now, I mm-hmm. don't think uh, it's funny because you are photographing the landscape, but I don't think about it as landscape photography at all because if you just have this really kind of unique way of capturing these scenes where it's not like you aren't. I mean, the the landscapes you're, you're photographing are certainly uh
0: Mm-hmm. like
1: incredibly interesting but it's not like you're seeking out the most unique yeah. dramatic thing possible it's like you know these tones and these mm-hmm. shapes and lines and, and the way you treat um, the color and the images and stuff like that so yeah it's uh yeah. it's a very interesting take on an environment and I, I think for me I certainly wouldn't def- – I would, well, I wouldn't want to label it in the first place. But, uh, yeah, it's different than a lot of work I've seen.
0: Oh, that sounds good to hear <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> this is in a way also why I call my book Desert Portraits. I always felt like I take pictures of landscapes as if a photographer takes a picture of a person. Like there's people that focus on like – beauty or lighting or other things Well, for me it was all only about the soul of the landscape and i know rocks don't, don't have a soul theoretically but um that's how i see it like i see that landscape is kind of like a person in that moment i'm i'm just capturing its essence
1: when it comes to the actual environments that you're photographing though a lot so you know a lot of mm-hmm. them are these like I mean it looks like a, an, another planet that you're on these desert these rocky landscapes yeah and then you know you start looking into where these places are and they're all over you know all over the world and uh, so like what yeah what kind of drove you to those places in the first place i know that's not all of your work but uh i'm very curious because that is a theme that runs through some of it
0: um i i think it's mainly research like uh, i've done a lot of In the past, I used to do a lot of research about what places I was intrigued to photograph. Um, And I've always been quite good at understanding the place from pictures online, which I think is a good skill to have because, like, you just Google random places online and you immediately see what clicks. And I was very, very, very lucky in my choices, I guess. Um, And also I had... Uh, for the Atacama, I had a friend of mine, she was a colleague of mine, uh, she's from Chile, so she, she's been telling me for years, <laughs> go to the Atacama, especially in spring when it blooms. And I was always like, I always had that in, uh, in my list of places for sure. Um, but yeah, I look when I select a location, not that I, anymore I don't do this that much, because obviously now we cannot travel, but even um, the most recent work, um, i don 't like to be defined again too much of a specific location sure. but in the past to the, to decide a place for a shoot, I would look for something that would give me another worldly feel for sure mm-hmm. uh, a bit barren without many trees um, and uh, with different with different places that could give me something, not just one location one one trick pony kind of spot where you go there, shoot it and back uh, It needed to be a place that had different views different vistas different locations that you can explore um, so that was my kind of criteria to pick a location i guess uh, While well now i'm more like stubborn and i like to make my art anywhere i am and i like to think that i'll be able to to create the same type of work wherever i am which is a new challenge i've uh, I put on myself due to the pandemic especially where I've been looking for places without trees all my life, and now I'm like three, three countries. <laughs> there's trees everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a completely di- different challenge for sure.
0: I know, I know, but it's interesting. I guess uh, there's always there's always gonna be my particular way to see a place, uh, and I need to cherish that instead of fighting it. Uh, my gaze is important, I guess, um, for my work. So I'm just gonna keep feeding it and nurturing it. So. Um, my vision doesn't get tired and old. The, the thing that I would hate the most is to create work that is always the same, essentially. Um, yeah. Repeating myself just because, oh, there was that series that years ago was successful. Let's keep doing that. Like, that that's the thing that I'm trying to fight as much as possible because it's boring as hell to do the same work
1: playing it safe right it's easy to get sucked into that trap and it's something that I try and think about often as well you know it's like something works in the past and then it's like you don't even it's not even that you're trying to intentionally just stay in that realm but it can be easy to keep making that work if it's resonating with people if you're getting positive feedback for it all that kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah so now I'm working on Basically, three series, three bodies of work at the same time, two of them got interrupted by the pandemic because they need, they need a sort of landscape that I cannot access right now, unfortunately, um, but i 'm um, just happy to to be able to keep those projects alive in a way and to make them even better and better and, and that 's what I want to really dedicate my time towards, um, like I said, try to shut off distractions and, and get this, the, get the job done essentially. <laughs>
1: What about balance when it comes to, you know, you obviously have this pretty deep connection with these landscapes and all of a sudden now you're introducing your craft into it where you are there in a way to make work um, in these Mm -hmm. places. So, you know, I certainly know from experience how easy it can be to just get in the zone of creation and you all of a sudden can easily miss out on the experience. So how have you found, you know, what's the balance been like for that so you don't ruin these uh, your experience in these places?
0: Well, I've been pretty good actually, um, the past few years. <laughs> um, slowly I'm becoming more aware of the fact that I don't want to shoot every day, for example. Um, I could go maybe a month without shooting and then just take it all in like a sponge sort of thing, like getting all the emotions in. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to shoot and then go on a nonstop shooting sesh for uh, for another month. And um, so I'm very much aware of my own rhythm. It's like with food, one day you, you fancy something, one day you fancy something else. There's no point in, in trying to control that if you can. And for personal work especially, why would you control your natural rhythm? Um, so inspiration is kind of like kind of like a wave right it just flows uh sometimes I'm I'm not gonna lie sometimes I get really frustrated because I get lazy and I don't really want to shoot I don't feel like shooting I don't have inspiration and I get frustrated with myself and I start pushing um but my experience so far it seems like if I push myself to do something it's never gonna be that powerful maybe I can come up with something cool but it's not gonna be something that will stick with time Unfortunately.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's really important advice. Um, Just it can be easy to try, like, to think that you need to constantly be making work or you know if a week or two goes by and you haven't done anything but yeah like i agree i've certainly learned that you know there's times where um, like you said a month will go by where i won't shoot anything at all and i have i just haven't been feeling like it and i'm finally at a point now where i'm okay Mm -hmm. with that and then like you said you know those moments are usually followed by these periods where that where you you know not the inspiration comes back but this kind of drive comes back and you know, these ideas and this energy and stuff yeah
0: for for instance i've been having a lot of um, inspiration from dreams lately like um because i'm not shooting that much recently i've been like literally keeping a dream journal or even a journal of any kind um hmm. and uh and then i started having these crazy dreams a few days ago and i was like okay i need to put them down because this is gonna help with one of my projects so uh, you never know where it's coming from, but it's for sure very organic, and I'd like to keep it that way without forcing it too much. Obviously, I've never been in a situation where I lost my inspiration completely. That would be really worrying, I guess, mm-hmm. after a while. Um, so far, I have trust. I have trust in the process, I guess. <laughs> Let's hope uh, that never happens to me, because that would be frightening, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about this the self-portrait work when you first started creating that? I mean, I've I've seen a bunch of it on your website mm-hmm. and it is it's a departure from your images before that, but in a really oh, yeah. good good way. It still has, you know, it still looks like your work, but it's very different from your previous work. So when you when you first started kind of experimenting with that, uh was there like a period of like yeah. hesit- hesitation or anything where you were unsure of, you know, if it was something you liked or not?
0: Yeah. Well, I started Before that series, I started taking normal... uh, I would say normal because this series is very stylized. stylized. Um, uh, It has this kind of retro, deliberate, retro look. While before, I was doing normal portraiture of myself in nature just to experiment. Because before uh, launching myself into a new project, I always need to create those single shots that make me understand where I'm going or if this is the right direction. So this shot ended up really... Nice, I really like those shots, but they don't belong to any project itself. Uh, They're not part of a body body of work. And I found having time to shoot those single shots is very important. So that period there was super awkward because I never felt as good as being behind the camera, sorely behind the camera. Just being also in front of it created a new set of complications. Um, So originally I was really, really... um, doubtful that this was gonna work out I was like what am I doing most of the time the concept was what am I doing <laughs> um, but then slowly it started to feel kind of liberating I think um, the idea that I could control literally anything and everything including the model's perf- performance by be myself it was kind of like a full circle like I could tell literally my story I didn't need anything else at that point point. Um, and that's where I was like oh this might might be working I might be onto something here. Um, And I think I'm I'm still not completely done with that project. So it's still, there are a lot of days where I think, what am I doing still? Um, But yeah, like I said, I feel it's important for me to continue it. I I, I honestly think it's a good thing I'm exploring and I want to continue it. And then worst case, if it doesn't work out, it's just one of those, wacky ideas that (laughs) i i shared with the world i guess (laughs) what can you do
1: (laughs) yeah it's never it's never a linear path i i just um i did uh just like a review of alex sos uh course that he did with magnum recently and one of the things that he was talking about uh Mm -hmm. well he actually you know kind of walked through a bunch of his projects that he did but one of the things that was so apparent is you know they never it's it's not like anyone sits down and has this they come up with their idea they go and they shoot it it gets from a to z and then it's done right it's like they start yeah. here they go to here yeah this yeah, yeah. happens and it pushes them that way yeah. and they just discover this and i i'm starting yeah. to uh, that's one of the yeah. things i'm starting to love about this creative process is just accepting that and knowing that it's like ex- experimenting trying things and and you know just paying attention
0: exactly to it. yeah and i feel like when you do things like that and also with a lot of passion Um, then these are the pictures that will age so well. Like, I literally would love to create work that will stand the test of time. Um, And um, the more I work as a photographer and the more I'm conscious of this concept, I don't want to create images that will not stand the test of time. Uh, It's kind of pointless. The beauty of photography is also accepting that your work will keep changing its meaning with time. And I find it so beautiful, the fact that, you might be thinking of reasons why you want to create one specific image, but maybe in a year or two or ten, that reason would have changed, and the photograph photograph will tell a completely different story of yourself, of yourself evolving. Um, I don't know. I find it beautiful, and this I, I think this is why I'm creating that work. I think this will be one of those series that I will look back to in 10 years or when I'm older and, and really cherish it.
1: Yeah, I think that's amazing for sure. I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, I've seen what's on your website, but there's only a handful of images on there so far, and I know you've posted mm-hmm. a little bit to social media. I know.
0: <laughs> I kind of regretted doing that, actually.
1: What, putting it out there?
0: Yes, yes, I did, because I felt the pressure of releasing it. I don't know why, um, and it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready, and there there are photographers that share things when they're ongoing um but i think in my case i kind of regretted it i think i should have kept it to myself a bit longer um and uh releasing just when it was complete but it's done <laughs> I can't really
1: yeah it's out there now right? yeah 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 <laughs> um that's interesting to hear you talk about that though uh, From Like for me, all the work that I have on like my Instagram, mm-hmm. the work I've been doing for the past few years, and that was something that kind of grew out of this, new, this cha- big change in my direction and this new discovery. Yeah. So that's why I originally started posting it. But it's fascinating now because as I, you know, move countries and I'm starting a new body of work, I'm very much thinking about it now in a way of like, do I want to share any of this stuff mm. um, right now, you know, or do I? Do I work, you know, work on it, try and understand it a little bit and and wait until I start putting it out there? It's a, uh, yeah, I don't it's know a, what the right it's answer tough, is.
0: It's a tough call. Um, it also depends, um, for example, if you need, if you feel like you need mentorship or help from other photographers in terms of workshops or like there there are contexts where I think, or portfolio reviews, uh, there are contexts where I think it will, it's good if you have a project that you you really care about and it's not there yet to to get someone else to look at it and um, and give you hints here and there. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And actually, I never took it, taken that approach, but um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I, I don't want to do it like uh, forever. I think it's a great approach um, when you have a project that you care about. But it ultimately it's a personal decision. Um, specifically for that project, I thought um, because it was also Done for uh, with the book in mind with the publication. Uh, I think it's it would have been better if I waited a little bit just to to get it off the ground a bit more and more fleshed out. But at the same time, um, it's still evolving so much that I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing a few um, outtakes or hit, uh, bits um, from this series. So uh, yeah, I kind of regret it, but at the same time, I don't. It's out there. I'm happy that people liked it. At least uh, there's some people that really enjoyed it, and and that made me really happy, actually, because I was super worried when I released it. I thought, oh, God, people are going to think I got crazy because there's not a single landscape there. (laughs) 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 It's It's just myself. It's
1: funny how we can get attacked. How we can get attached to things, you know, like attached to. A, we already talked about it kind of, but like the previous way of working, and then you start to think about, oh, what are other people going to think when I put this new stuff out there, and this and yeah. that. And I, th- I mean, we're in we're yeah. we're in our own heads most of the time.
0: Yeah, a bit too much, if you ask me. Yes,
1: I agree completely. <laughs> That's why
0: it's so good to talk to other artists, and um, yeah to just share experiences i guess
1: yeah the more the more artists that i talk to and have conversations like this the more i realize like how how many similarities most of us share when it when it comes to creating our work Mm -hmm. and kind of the 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 battles in our head and stuff like that
0: yeah and insecurities and yeah totally um it's important Mm -hmm. also for artists to have like a network of of people that they're in the same kind of field that I don't know, a community sort of, uh, I guess that's what Instagram should have been from the start. Um, I think it's important for artists definitely to talk to other artists often about their work, about what they they're planning to create, about their insecurities. Um, for sure being alone in your head is not helpful sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. Uh, so you have your book <laughs> desert portraits out, which is still available, right? Yes. And so- And and are you planning on, like, I know you're working on this new project with the self-portraits, but, like, do you have any plans for any of your other previous work to to publish that? Or are you kind of focused on, you just released Desert Portraits in 2019, correct?
0: 2019, yes. And it's uh, an open series type of book, so it's not limited edition. Um, Okay, cool. So, um, I have... Basically, I would like, eventually, all my bodies of work, I would like to turn into books, let's face it. Uh, this is my dream. It's, I love sure. the book form. Um, I get really frustrated when I don't work in series, and I work like in single images. I, I think my, my creativity is more uh, inspired by bodies of work. So I think books and exhibitions are the ultimate goal for each project. Um, but I haven't released all, all of the projects that I'm working on, I haven't released apart for the self-portraiture ones. So um, I cannot really say that um, there's anything else apart from the self-portraiture one right now in the, in the plans for a book. Interesting. I'm working on something else that is is uh, started with a quarantine, actually. Um, it's called Saved by a Deer. Um, but again... Because of the previous mistake, I'm not releasing a lot of images from it. <laughs> <laughs> so that I'm hoping will become a book as well. But I haven't. I have released just a few few images from Instagram uh, to Instagram, but not on my website. So I'm still shooting it because it started last last March, basically with the pandemic. I found myself um, on this island, uh, living here with not knowing many people in general, and. Um, and this is a kind of a series that I created in response of my mental struggles and the struggles that um, everyone has been facing really during these times. I found it was very therapeutic to work on something rather than you know get depressed on the couch every day <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <So. laughs> it's been a it's been a strange year just i mean I, Everyone probably had plans and goals and ideas and things, you know, work they wanted to make and places yeah. they wanted to visit and stuff like that. And I found, uh, I've I, I've been back and forth to Canada and then to the UK. I was in the process of moving here mm-hmm. while well, all this was going on. So I've haven't had any like one spot where I've been, but I've I've certainly found it. Um, it's hard for me to, like, let go of these things that I wanted to do, you know, like these plans I had and just try and focus on something. Because there are, I mean, there's a lot of constraints yeah. and it's, e- it's easy to find an excuse. That's um, what I yes. found.
0: Yes. I found that it was really important for me to keep sane, let's face it. Um, and so I really needed a project. Uh, so it started kind of like in a way that I don't like, which means forcing myself to take pictures. It started like sure. that. And then it kind of um, it's getting a bit deeper now because it's all about uh, depression and how depression can can literally be something that um, doesn't happen to you every day. You could get really really bad one day and be better another. And um, I know this is getting really serious, but <laughs> the concept no, is no, um, this. This project is all about the visual representation of depression and um, anxiety and those kind of bad feelings, and also how nature can help healing those feelings. So um, it's still in progress. Um, I really like what I created so far, but um, that I'm hoping it will become a book. Otherwise, it will just pop by and appear on my website at some point um, <laughs> after the pandemic is over. <laughs> Yeah again it's very different because um it's um it's very woodsy in uh, in the look and feel so um we'll see we'll see what 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 people think I try not to think about it <laughs> I don't care
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah it's a good way to good way to roll <laughs> Um so I'm curious then just just going back uh, to the start, the one thing I kind of wanted to ask you, and as I learned more about kind of your journey so far uh, with your work, um, again, yeah. I'm just fat, I, I, I find it really intriguing. You know, we're talking about how this, you know, the path is never linear and you have these ups and downs and all this stuff. And I love the fact that uh-huh. you started out going to school for photography, you left it and you came back 10 years yeah. later. So, like, what would you like is there any advice you would give i i hate i don't want to use like the cliche question of like what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago or anything like that but you know knowing how you right. kind of got back into photography now and how things went you know uh, is there anything that you've learned that you think would be valuable for people who are like maybe at that point where you were um back in school
0: find your passion that's that's the only thing like literally shut down distractions find your passion uh what moves you and try not to see what other people are doing because it's super easy to get caught in um, in the concept of copying someone else's work or doing some like getting inspired by someone else's work because they're successful it's that's the the worst thing you could do like you really need to think of what you want to do what makes you happy because that uniqueness is what ultimately will will set you apart from other people so um, develop your vision and find your passion are probably the two most important things I know it 's hard because with today 's day and age uh, you also need money and you need to you know you need to get a career you need to hustle so that that 's the, the biggest single threat to find artists I think money yeah yeah, but there are ways these days there, there are other ways um, to to, how you say, to, to work on your art and, and, and make money. on the same time, you could literally look at prints, uh, Patreon, other systems where you could actually ask people to support your work if you're just starting out and they like what you're doing. So don't think that money is everything. That's the other thing I would
1: say to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice. It's really good advice. And it, it's something that, yeah, the you know, you bring money into the mix with your craft. And I, I understand the temptation mm-hmm. to want to make a living off of what you love doing. And it's what I've been doing for a long time. But there's certainly there you have to learn how to balance it. And you also have to learn how to make some work that is specifically, in my opinion, specifically for earning income, you know, like it can be really easy, I think, to get attached to like every dollar I make has to be from like, you know, the most precise specific best work I've ever made. Right. But I think as an artist, you can also leverage your skills to do other things that make money that don't use up your kind of like most valuable creative energy that then allows you to go and kind of, you know, create your strongest work.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, even having a side career is not that bad at the end of the day if it means that it keeps your passion alive. Because that's the most important thing. Like if you lose that, then yeah. what is it all for? Might as well go do anything, right? I don't know. That's what I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I, I hey, I agree with you 100%. And I think it's really important advice for people who are just starting out because it can be, yeah, it can be really easy just to jump right into things and uh and before you know it be at a point where maybe you don't love your craft as much as you did at the start which i think is a really totally be a really shitty situation
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: well this was uh this is great here just learning more about your work uh and yeah like i said I, I've nice. i've been fascinated ever since i kind of first discovered your work because to me there is just this very kind of distinct look and style and obviously there's this you know reading up uh, and learning more about your history you do talk about this connection a lot but i think it's something that's very apparent in your work before you even read a single sentence that you've written about yourself so
0: that's amazing to hear actually
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) i'm hoping i hope i make um some sort of sense when i speak because yeah i tend to get tangled up a lot in concepts and words so i'm sorry if i wasn't very um clear in my concept
1: (laughs) no it was great and this is the type of stuff that for me is always most interesting to talk about is this creative process you know we all share similarities Mm -hmm. but then there's also you know i find there's always kind of unique takeaways and and uh, ways that people approach their work and their mindset that i think you know can provide other artists with just a ton of value so um yeah it's great yeah
0: yeah
1: but if people want to get your book desert portraits (laughs) You said it's open edition, so where can they find that?
0: So they can find it pretty much everywhere from Google Books to Barn & Noble in the US, Amazon, although I tend not to encourage Amazon right now, um, and my editor's website as well as my website in the book section. So there's plenty of places where to find it, and um, I'm hoping that people will enjoy it because I really enjoy making that little book. Um, it's my first book, and it will always be my favorite right now because it's really passion project of mine.
1: Nice. Well, it looks incredible. Um, I'll also link to it in the description and everything um, so people can find it. I'm sure a lot of people who are going to be listening to this uh, are very uh, familiar with your work as well to begin with. So uh, I think they'll know where to find you.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually included a book section on my website. So I was, um, because apart from the book for um, the monograph, I also did collaborative books. So I'll be putting... All the books that have been published in in that section. So if people want to have a look and see other projects that I've done, they can also get those.
1: Amazing. Well, I got to say, I'm excited to see where your latest project goes. Even if you don't release any more of it online, <laughs> I'll yes. be uh, waiting to see once it's finally revealed. But it uh, so far, it looks great.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll. I hope I get to work on it because uh, it all it's all um, restrictions dependent, right? Like the moment I'm I'm free again, I will. Uh, resume working on it and hopefully release it shortly after um, I'll be super excited to release it It's uh, it's been two years that I've been working on it so <laughs> um, I can't wait for it to be to be in a, a position where it can be released
1: nice well I'm looking forward to seeing it gotta say but uh, yeah just want to say thank you again I appreciate you taking the time to do this thank you and it was great to chat and yeah learn a bit, a little bit more about uh, about your work
0: thank you so much thank you for having me
1: Okay, so hope you all enjoyed that conversation. And like I said earlier, if you aren't familiar with Kiara's work, definitely take a look at her Instagram page and her website. Really incredible stuff. I will leave some links in the show notes and also on Instagram and on the website. And I'll also put a link to her book, Desert Portraits, as well, if you're interested in grabbing a copy of that. But yeah, hope you all enjoyed this. Got some more episodes coming up. Another interview probably two weeks from now. And also just wanna say, like I always do, if you haven't yet left a rating or a review for the show, if you could do that, just hop on over to Apple Podcasts, take 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it takes you, leave us a a rating, write up a review. It helps get this show out there in front of more people. So that would be amazing if you could do that. But other than that, just wanna say, as always, thank you all for listening, for the comments, for the messages, all that kind of stuff. Appreciate the support.